Welcome to The Grange Point, where we hang out and talk about the latest news in science technology and how they relate to your everyday life. This podcast is brought to you by the Young Scientists of Australia. We're a youth organisation aged 15 to 25 whose work is to promote science to the youth of Australia. Keeping the random jumbles of DNA and RNA sorted out, plus defending from invaders. So we talk about some of the trends in molecular biology and immunology. Is a fast offence or a good defence better? And how does CRISPR relate to all of that? Plus, what keeps DNA and RNA all sorted out, particularly when you've got random jumps and new introductions of new DNA across your body? DNA is essential for life. But more than that, it is one of the four major macromolecules that govern how life functions, is created, changes, adapts, and grows. Along with proteins, lipids, and complex carbohydrates, DNA and RNA, the the nucleic acids, are actually the building blocks and the instructions that tell your cells how to function and interact with each other. And not just your cells, but also that of everything that is living across the universe. And DNA has an incredibly important role to play. And for a long period of time, we thought 98% of that DNA was just junk DNA. Scientists technically refer to it as non-coding. We didn't really understand what this non-coding portion did. That that 2 or 3%, we knew, oh, that's the instructions how to make this type of protein or this type of response. And that was quite clear. It was just like a chemical or an instruction book. So we knew what that purpose of that 2 or 3% was. And the rest of it didn't seem to have any coding purpose. And that was a bit worrying because, well, it's there. Why is it there if it's not doing something? And so much of it. And researchers have been slowly and surely chipping away at that big block of 98% and learning more and more about it and realizing that it's not junk, it's not non-coding, it is essential. And hidden inside of it is a very interesting behavior. Sometimes it's problematic. Sometimes it can be quite seriously deadly. But other times it's responsible for the very evolution that brought us to where we are today. And I'm talking about specifically what we refer to as jumping genes and some new research from the Max Planck Institute, particularly the Institute of Immunobiology and Epigenetics in Freiburg, in collaboration with the University of Freiburg, have identified, well, the very important role that jumping genes, which are technically called transposons, have to play in the evolution and function of all life. So a transposon or a jumping gene are basically a DNA sequence which are able to copy themselves and insinuate these copies into distant sections of the genome. You want to think about it another way, uh, that most of these transposons are a big, unorderly mess of DNA, just fragmented everywhere, but they actually play an important part because that helps that part of DNA, or that segment, to actually copy itself somewhere else. And sometimes scientists usually think of this copying as being an invader or a parasite because having something just randomly show up in your DNA is really problematic. In fact, that is one of the things that leads to various genetic disorders, such as haemophilia or breast cancer. When you have a random gene show up in a place where it's not meant to be, it causes all kinds of strange functions, misbehavior, and sometimes serious genetic disease. So scientists are not really super thrilled about, obviously, these transposons when they see them. But new research has identified that actually these also play a pretty fundamental part in evolution. Because without these random introductions of change, all of a sudden you end up with pretty stagnant and immobile gene pools. 
These random mutations and fluctuations are how evolution works. You don't sit there and decide, ah, I need to develop gills so I can breathe in water. No, some of the creatures had the random fluctuations which led to the development of these skills that developed gills. And thus, that trait was passed on because the people with gills survived more in water, and that's how it worked. Um, so these random introductions of genes is actually really important for evolution. But you can't have one without the other, unless you find some way to control it and prove its stability. Now, just how many of these transposons are out there? Well, this recent study in particular, led by Tuxiactas, who's one of the co-authors of this investigation, was studying the ALU elements when they're about... 1.1 million copies around those in your genome, so it's about 10% of the entire genome, which seems like a lot, but that's 10% we thought was previously was junk. Now, whilst these random introductions through the ALU elements can lead to various harmful genetic disorders, they can also show that when you compare primates and humans over so more than over the last 6 million years, you can see that there's about 5,000 new ALU elements that have sort of jumped in to the human genome over that period of time that have made us literally who we are. And that obviously shows the great importance of these elements. So it'd be nice if you could have these copying pastefood and random introductions of new material without actually having potentially fatal errors, like copying pasting something into a place that has no, no business being. And that's the important part of this research. Asif Akhtar and Tsuxi Actus have been investigating, in particular, the role that a particular enzyme by the name of DHX9 plays. Because DHX9 serves a really important job in this entire transposon interaction. What it actually does is neutralizes harmful RNA structures. And usually this is used to during the expression of genes to keep things in check. It basically streamlines the process, turns the big unravely bundle of DNA, specifically transposon DNA, just throwing itself in somewhere, and makes it into a nice clean thread thread that can be sewn in to a structure like a protein that makes sense. So DHX9 basically has the ability to unwind DNA and RNA duplexes and helps collect them, transcribe them, replicate and process them, which is incredibly important to make sure that the reproduction cycle in DNA continues and we end up with nice, smooth, logical genomes. And it's pretty obvious because when the scientists are investigating what happens without DHX9, well, it basically, instead of being a nice, orderly, knitted scarf, you end up with a big mess of yarn. And that's pretty much the way that they describe it. The purpose of DHX9 is to untangle that yarn into a thread and make sure it can be sewn into something useful. In this instance, DNA gets sewn into an actual logical ordering structure that can be used to produce proteins, one of the essential functions of DNA. And without these ordering structure from the DHX9, well, when you throw in some extra additional thread, you get end up with a mess. And that's why these transposons can be usually quite disruptive. But with more DHX9 present, you can actually make sure you get a nice, smooth, clean interpretation and integration of these new jumpers, these new invaders who've sort of come in and disrupted the flow. The DHX9 actually helps process these in a streamlined way and turn it into something logical, which is good. But it doesn't do it on its own. It has an assistant, and its name is ADAR, another enzyme that we've seen previously been known to handle tangled RNA structures, particularly during viral infections. But basically, this cleaning unit of DHX9 and IDAR, these two enzymes, basically developed, scientists believe, as a part of a viral infection processing unit 
This crack team was put together by our bodies to help clean up any mess introduced by viral infection. But any mess cleaning up that they undertaken is actually also really useful preventing tangled, jumbled messes of DNA that have created when you have these transposons jumping around. So whilst random mutation and random order can be problematic, it is also essential for human life. And these two enzymes, ADAR and DHX9, play a keen role in making sure the tapestry of life is nice and orderly and not just a jumbled mess of threads. As the season's come to an end, we move to the crux period for a lot of sports. Finals are occurring, playoffs, and a lot of other new sports are just starting up. And one of the common tactics that you hear thrown about in sports lingo is the best defense is a good offense, a fast offense, a quick offense. If you hit them and strike them really quickly early on, it can be difficult to recover. Well, researchers from Rockefeller University have shown that that's exactly the type of playbook that CRISPR uses to defend your body from germs. Now, in the battle between germs and our immune system, the opening shot is, of course, some kind of injection. Some type of virus infecting a micro punctures a cell wall and puts inside the genetic code. This invasion, this injection of genetic material then spreads, reproduces quickly, takes over that cell and then another and then another. And if your body can't find those infected cells, process them, clean them up, remove them, kill off the invaders quickly enough, well, that's when you get sick. So having a quick response to these kind of invaders is essential. And in a paper published by researchers from Rockefeller University in Nature on March 29, just goes to show that it's not just being quick on your feet, but you also need to know what you're doing. You need to have a really good playbook. And that's where CRISPR comes in. Now, if you know any microbiologist, geneticist, you've been probably following the idea of editing genomes. And you would have heard about the really, really powerful new tool for doing so called CRISPR, Clustered Regularly Interspaced Short Palindromic Reprints. And basically, We've been known about CRISPR for about a decade, but we finally sort of locked into a really good way of using that to take a snippet, a piece of DNA, catalog that, and then reuse it or reinsert it into a different place. And that's been doing wonders for genetic engineering because all of a sudden we can splice together new types of DNA really, really quickly. But researchers, including Luciano Marafani, the head of bacteriology, along with his research assistants, Joshua Modell and Wenyan Yang, They've been looking into how CRISPR works and have discovered that actually it's not just useful for genetic engineering. It's actually one of the reasons why our body can respond and fight back so quickly once it becomes under attack from germs. CRISPR is effectively the playbook that your immune system can flip through to figure out what the best strategy is to counter those invading germs. So effectively, by isolating some viral infections and watching at them as they happen and seeing how CRISPR responded, they actually got to study this in a lot of detail. Now, sometimes 
when CRISPR t- takes a snippet, latches on, and, and processes a piece of DNA, it can't do that unless it sort of gets a loose end. It favors the spaces from the loose ends of DNA. Can't really grab onto DNA if it's in a closed loop or a circle, which is unfortunately how a lot of viral DNA actually happens. And that means CRISPR really only has one shot to do it when the DNA is coming straight in at the beginning in part of the viral injection. And that's what the team was actually studying. They were trying to halt the infection at three different points. And regardless of where they stopped it, they sort of found that CRISPR actually picked up these invasive viral DNA right at the beginning where it infects itself into the cell. As soon as the virus injects its genome into the cell as a single strand, that's when CRISPR latches onto it, copies it, and puts it in the big playbook of the biological system. So it knows what that enemy is. It's catalogued it. It's taken a snap of it, like registering it in its Pokedex. And then next time it shows up, it knows what to counter that. This also means that basically what happens next time that virus tries to inject a cell, which is familiar with it, CRISPR ensures that that virus attacks it as soon as it shows up. And that really stops the microbes of the germ from actually proliferating. So not only is CRISPR a useful tool for biologists, it's actually an incredibly smart defense mechanism that shows that the best defense is a good offense and a quick offense. This has been the Young Scientist of Australia's podcast, The Grange Point. Our CRISPR helps us have a quick and fast playbook for defending from viral invaders. Plus, the important role enzymes play in making sure that that random jumble of jumping DNA keeps orderly and makes a nice consistent pattern. Our ending theme was composed by Audio Head to ysa.org.au for more information about the Young Scientists of Australia.